Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Your saltwater guide, Captain Dave Hansen, with another phenomenal podcast for you today. Thank you all for joining us. I hope you're all having a great day. Marley and I sure are. I'm sorry. I know it's Thursday and Kelly Girl's usually with us on Thursdays, but we have a mountain of uh, paperwork and stuff to go through to get ready for taxes. So she's taking a powder on today's show. So I'm going to be here to answer all of your questions today. Send in any of your questions to 949-374-0786. I'll do my very best to answer your questions the best of my ability. You can also ask me any questions you want about Kelly. And I can actually say stuff about her today because she's not watching. She's actually working. (laughs) What'd you say? Hey, she says she can hear us still, so we have to be careful. But gang, I want to thank you all for a phenomenal week. I was talking to Justin just before we went live. Justin has two days available in February. That's it. Everything's booked. The whole month of February. It's February 1st. He's already booked out from February he uh, it's incredible he's got one open party trip that he's going to open up and that's going to be the only day he's got that you can go with him he's going to open that one up here in a couple of days he's just trying to he's got so much to do it's incredible then that's because of us that's because of all of us on your saltwater guide the members the uh followers everybody that watches our shows every day and everybody that watches that live show every night it's it's absolutely incredible the power of us all of us combined he can't not run a trip he's trying to take a day off the phone never stops ringing everybody wants to go experience this world-class lobster fishing that he's doing everybody everybody wants to get out there and see what's going on and why is there so many lobsters and i don't know if you saw what happened last night but he lost probably a world record lobster because tut i'm only talking about you because i love you but uh they stopped the the animal the lobster was hanging on the outside of the net and they stopped to see if they could grab him when you have a lobster holding on like kelly's giant lobster when it comes up to the surface, it's going to hang on to that hoop net. You want to throw that thing on the boat immediately. I tell all my members and all my clients over all the years of hoop netting, you it's so much easier to look at your lobsters and look at everything in the hoop net when it's laying on the deck instead of laying in the water. But for some strange reason, everybody wants to look at it. Right when it comes up to the top, they want to stop and look at it in the water. It is crazy, gang. You want to get get that hoop net on the boat as quick as possible. I'm just getting Marley a snack while we're talking. 
So you want to get that hoop net on the boat as fast as you can. You don't want to leave it hanging over the side and look. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. He came running over for that snacky. Yeah, Marley. There you go, bud. That's a nice little snack for Marley. He's right here having a little snack. I don't know if you can see him. But it's Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance Thursday. We always talk, start the show off talking about sport Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance, and today is no different. We're, uh, yeah, we're, um, oh, Don Stanley, that is you. Don, Justin wanted me to let you know you won the contest last night, the Promar giveaway. So, Don Stanley, you need to call Justin. If you don't have his number, you can send me a text, 949-374-0786, and I will at, get you his number right away. But he's got a pre- he got a prize for you don so give him a call and hey kim and dan everybody jumping on here tim everybody thank you all very very much thanks for jumping on here thanks for being a part of thanks for watching me and my monkey every day i appreciate it that's marley the rescue monkey those of you that are new to the show and gang like we do when we're doing the uh live in the harbor gang whoever shares this the most today is going to win a free t-shirt and we'll announce that i can't see all the people that shared it but we'll announce that tomorrow's show or i'll just send you guys a pm tonight or something but gang how do you share it go to the bottom of the page right where it says comments go to the left hand side bottom of the page hit that little arrow right there and uh that'll bring up all your friends and then you can just grab that fish report, Pete. I suck. We caught zero. And I listened. I did exactly what you told me to. I listened to my guide. But um, we sucked. We caught nothing. Saw a couple of skipjack caught on a couple other boats. But we caught nothing. I guess there's a big school of stripers over at Distilladera. But we're not going over there on a pond on a half-day trip. And we went to where the Dorado bit yesterday and we made sure that they weren't biting today, Pete. So I guess I got to wait until my good buddy Pete takes me fishing again to catch something. But we went out and paddled around all morning on a ponga. That's what Pete's asking about. And we didn't catch anything today. We got skunked. But I listened to the guide. I kept my mouth shut, Pete. I did what you told me to do. And I don't think I would have changed me talking i don't think that would have changed the thing we we had a great plan we slow troll ballyhoos we had live bait we had dead bait we had everything we could possibly have just never saw any fish i don't know looked like the water rolled over a little bit up there by cubby flats so i don't know and then there's purple water there off of uh santa maria but that's what happened today out on the boat gang if you have any questions you can send them to me right now, 949-374-0786, or you can throw them up on the board here, and I'll do my very best to answer them. And it's Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance Thursday, and Larry Hansen and I are doing that Alaska trip in September, and you can grab that QR code right there in front of the screen, and then you can find out what's going on with this trip to Alaska, and then we're getting ready to put together some trips for uh, – Lopez Mateos. We were talking about both of these places at our live show at the Bard Hall Fish and Tackle and Boat Show in Long Beach. And now we're here on the show talking about it. 
we're going to put together some dates for you guys to come fish with Kelly and I and, and uh, Larry down in Lopez Mateos. But you got a perfect opportunity to fish with Kelly Girl and I and Larry up in uh, Gustavus, Alaska. Uh, the first week, there's still one spot available. The second week, there's still four spots available. So jump on that, gang. It's a bucket list, once-in-a-lifetime trip, like Larry was saying. Don't wait for the bucket list trip to go on. Let's do it while we're alive. Let's do it while we're here. Let's do it while we can walk and talk and chew gum and go fish. Don't wait. Because you know what happens when you wait. All that garbage happens in life, and then you don't get to go. So jump in there. Get on that trip. That's that QR code right there in front of you. Jump on that. Grab that QR code, gang. I'm going to pull it down here in a second. So grab the QR code and go with us to Gustavus, Alaska. It's going to be so much fun. I... I I am really looking forward to getting up there and fishing those halibut, and those big lingcod and going trompsing around by myself. Maybe see what else is there. Go explore, go to the national park, go see all the grizzly bears. There's so much stuff that Kelly and I are excited to go do besides the fishing and hanging out with, with a handful of you guys that go on the trip with us. That'll be incredible. So we're really looking forward to that. And back to what I was telling you before, gang, you want to grab that share button on the bottom right where it says comment. There's a little swoosh. That is, you grab that, push it. It's going to bring up all your contacts or your groups or your friends. Whoever shares this podcast today the most is going to win a brand new Your Saltwater Guide shirt. We have brand new swag, Elliot's wife, Put to put together some unbelievable swag over at your saltwater guide the store. You can check all that stuff out, and we're going to be giving that away. For whoever shares the most today is going to win a shirt, and we'll let you know. But hit that share button. Hit every person in your list of friends. Share it with all of them. That's how you win. If you want to win a shirt, it's free. All you got to do is push share because you don't know. One of your friends might like to watch something positive for a change instead of that lion media. So you never know. We got a few questions coming in here. And uh, we got John Stanley. Do I have to wait for my sardines to die before putting them in the bait tubes? No. What happens is, John, you pull up to the bait barge, you get that sardine that they have. I throw it in a five-gallon bucket. Then I throw a towel over the top so they don't fling scales everywhere. Then I get all my tubes ready, and I do like Justin does. I throw all the sardines in a bucket, and then I mash them up with the chopper, and then I just start filling up my tubes as fast as I can. The sardines are dead, but they're fresh because you just got them out of the bait barge. So you know how fresh they are. And then you just fill it, but you don't put them in there live. No, you don't want them in live. You do it just like that. Okay, so Tim Ogilvie wants to know, why is it, just curious, why is it legal for a licensed guide to pick up at a client at the launch ramp? Well, it's not. Licensed guides go with you on your boat, all right? So if they're going with you on your boat, they're not picking you up. You are taking them. 
you are taking them on your boat to go fish with you. Now, there's nobody's getting paid to take passengers for hire. That's where this, that's where the difference is, Tim. So when you have a charter boat, we won't mention any names, but if you have a charter boat, the marinas that you run your charter boat out of, they don't want to carry the personal injury insurance for passengers for hire. They're not getting a percentage when you pick up people on the launch, the county of Orange or the county of LA or the county of Long Beach or the county of San Diego. They're not getting any compensation for you picking up on the launch ramp on a charter boat. That is different than you picking up a guide on a dock because the guide's just coming out to teach you how to use your boat. But when you charter a boat, that's a whole different animal. That's a whole different set of responsibility. That's a whole different insurance policy. They have to be licensed by the United States Coast Guard, first of all, for taking passengers for hire. A guide does not have to have a United States Coast Guard license, even though my guides that work for your saltwater guide all do have captain's licenses. They have to, by law, have a guide license. To two totally different things. As soon as someone pays to go on your boat, that is called passenger for hire. And we can argue about this till the cows come home, gang. I don't really know what I'm talking about. Family only has nine sport boats and a, own a landing. But uh, yeah, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to help. So when you pick it up, Tim Ogilvie, you go to the lawn tramp and you pick up Pablo or Sonny or uh, Justin. You're going to just pick them up on the lawn tramp. There's no extra insurance or anything like that involved. But now if you take your little boat and you're going to start running charters, now that's a whole different set of responsibility. Plus, they don't want to carry the responsibility. I don't know if you guys know or not, but in California, everybody's ready to see you at any given second. So if someone walks down the launch ramp and stubs their toe and then it gets infected and they lose their foot, they're coming after a whole bunch of people. First, they're going to come after the, the very first thing you're going to do is come after the county because their dock, the, the launch ramp, the, the cleat was all rusty and it wasn't perfect. And the minute they say, Hey, we want compensation. The county or the, they're going to say, were you on a charter or were you out with just some friends? And they're going to say, I was on a charter. <whistles> well, there you go. Now the person that chartered that, that has their boat for charter passenger for hire. Now they don't have any insurance. The county is going to go after them for running illegal operations off of the launch ramps in the harbor it's all it's totally illegal so when we talk about it when justin and pablo and sunny and i are on here talking about it tim that's what we're talking about all right gang you can send in your questions you can share over on youtube you can send in your questions i'll get them the best i can but uh i will fall i'll listen to your Whoops, what's your question? Well, here's the deal, Harry. 
I get 30 million views on my social media a month. So somebody is listening to me. We have a plethora of high-end sponsors that think someone's listening to me. So I think people are listening to me, Harry. To be perfectly honest with you, I think people are listening to me. But thank you very much for listening to me. I do appreciate that. But um, let's see. Justin, try that link that I sent you. It should still work. If you can do that, you can jump on here and be a part of this show. It'd be fun because Kelly Girl's super busy. She's got her head in a bunch of paperwork, and I couldn't. And, yeah, the guides are bonded through the Department of Fishing game, but that's not the same. There's two different things we're talking about here, Justin. Tim just wanted to know why it's legal to pick the guides up on the dock because it's not passengers for hire. And now here's a great question. And I love this question. And I get asked this question all the time. I don't see your name. And for that, I apologize. But you'll know who you are right away to send your name. Dave, do you feel the fish caught in San Diego Bay are safe to eat? A lot of people have told me not to eat them. Well, I'll just say your name's Sam because I don't know your name. Does it work, Justin? See if it works. I'll bring you on the show. Here's here's my theory on that one. Could be totally wrong, but this is my theory on eating fish out of the back of L.A. Harbor, San Diego Harbor. Any. Do you eat cow or chicken? I do, but we really don't care about what we eat anyway, because they put so much garbage in the cows and the chickens that really most fish that you catch inside of San Diego Bay or. L.A. Harbor, there's still better quality of meat than a cow or a chicken. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about cows or chickens because I eat both of them. So I'm I'm just answering the question. If you're worried about the fish that swim around inside of L.A. Long Beach Harbor or San Diego Harbor, then I would suggest, highly suggest that you stop eating cows and chickens. Because that stuff is unbelievable. Or maybe stop eating fruits and vegetables too because it's all produced through Monsanto and Dow Corporation. They control all the food we eat, gang. So if you don't think you're eating a bunch of garbage, you're highly mistaken. I think it's probably healthier to eat a fish out of the back of San Diego Bay than it is to eat this manipulated food that we eat on a daily basis. But I'm not going to stop eating either one. I'm still going to eat the lobsters and the halibut that come out of L.A. San Diego harbors, and I'm still going to eat eat the cows and the chickens. Yeah, Jeanette, Kelly couldn't be on here today. We have a mountain of paperwork we're trying to sort out to get ready for taxes. So she's got a big pile of poo, and I was like, baby, today you can take a break. You don't have to be a part of the show. And then John Stanley, why does a kid have to wear a life jacket on my boat, but not on a sport boat? That is a phenomenal question. That is a phenomenal question. By law, they're supposed to wear, that's what the law says. But Life jackets that we carry on sport boats aren't made to be worn walking around. It's, it's almost impossible. Now, the ones that you guys have, the little jackets, 
that look like a little flak jacket, little army vest. Those are perfect for the children to wear. But the ones we have on the sport boats, they almost look like a a guillotine. They, they have that big chunk of foam that sticks on their neck and then you tie it down. They're made to be worn in the water, not on land. So they're not a very comfortable outfit. It's probably the number one reason why we don't wear it on a sport boat. Plus, on a sport boat, you have two or three people in charge of watching everybody on the boat. Now, Devin Cruz, you're on here right now. What do you think the theory is the Coast Guard doesn't enforce that life jacket thing on the sport boats like it does on uh, private boats as far as children? I'm not really positive on the answer. It is kind of weird, John, but I'm not positive on the answer. But, gang, if you have any questions, feel free to text me at 949-374-0786. I'll answer your questions as quick as I possibly can. Gang, how cool was that? Uh, how cool was that show the other night with Amir and myself and Justin and Pat and Uncle Steve and uh, Brian from Promar? And they just put together a phenomenal, just a really, really cool uh, video from that trip the other night. If you haven't been on the Promar Ahi social media page you might want to go check that out it is a spectacular video they mishmashed a whole bunch of stuff together it makes it look like we were actually really having fun out there and i think we were we were having so much fun listen to this amir k even though he's super busy traveling all over the place he wants to be a regular here on the show he wants to start being a regular attraction here on the show so we're going to bring old Amir in. Hey, I just lost all. Gang, send your, if you had a question and I didn't see it, send them back. Everything just fell off, but it's back on now. Send your questions. Justin, I just sent you a brand new link. I don't know if you got it. We had so much fun, Steve. That was just unbelievable. And Justin, my gosh, he studied that harbor. I know I fished that harbor for a very long time and I got to fish some areas that I had no idea. You want us to wash us brush the monkey? Well, he's right up top there and he's not having any brushing being done today because only person that gets to brush Marley is his mom. There he is. So his mom's the only one that gets to brush him. <laughs> yeah, I did. I took that poor little octopus for a ride, didn't I? I'll do anything for views, gang. You know that. I took stuck that filthy, dirty octopus from the from the inside of Long Beach Harbor. He was covered in Long Beach Harbor mud. I put him in my mouth. What is wrong with me? Isn't that wild? Crazy. What a knucklehead. I'll do anything for a I'll do anything for a laugh and anything for a view. And we got both of them on that show. But Amir K is going to come back on the show either Monday or Tuesday and uh, be with us. Hopefully, he's going to come on on Monday with Justin. We're going to recap the week fishing. I hear you guys are getting a phenomenal amount of rain today. So with all that rain and all that wind today and tomorrow, our game plans for this weekend coming off on the website, they're going to be a little less information because of the fact that we don't really know what's going to happen. I heard 
the weatherman on KTLA this morning saying that there could be a possibility of five inches of rain today through tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, and then again, you're going to have a little break, and then Monday could have another five to five, six inches of rain. And I know it's Southern California, and I know that that doesn't mean anything, but I heard it's raining there right now. One of my, one of our members said he had to turn his windshield wipers on. So that's a big day in Southern California when you got to turn on your windshield wipers. So yeah, it's storm watch 2024 gang. Send in your questions. I, I don't have any questions right now, so I'm just going to talk. I'd love to answer anybody's questions. Can, can you explain bag limits and how to maximize grocery fishing? Wow, Jimmy, I would say the best way to do that is to go to the store and buy some fish. I don't think it'll ever pencil out with the price of fuel today and all all the dry goods and everything else. I don't think it'll pencil out to be financially feasible to go grocery fish fishing. But if you were gonna, here's the deal. The the law clearly states that you can't have more than you're physically allowed to have in possession at any one time. So when, and this is a thing that a lot of people don't understand when you signed your fishing license, you told the California fish and wildlife that they're allowed in your home without a warrant. They're allowed in your car without a warrant because probable cause is the fact that you signed your fishing license. We can play, you can call me. You can say, no, that isn't true all day, but it is. The California Fish and Wildlife has access. As soon as you sign your fishing license, they can come in your home whenever they want. They can knock on the door and ask you if they can come in or they can just come in. It's totally up to them. Normally, they're very polite and they ask, but they're coming in and they're going to open your refrigerator and your freezer and they're going to look and they're going to see how many lobsters you have. They're going to see how many fish you have. So by law, you can have, I don't even know, two rock, two red rockfish, this and that. Now, you don't have to have the patch of skin on there, but the, really the number one thing they're going to be looking for, Jimmy, is uh, they're going to be looking at the uh, lobsters in possession. Now, you can go to the Fish and Wildlife. You can't do it online, but you can get a fishing wildlife multi-day permit. You can purchase that at the Fish and Wildlife Office. And then if you have that multi-day permit, I would suggest getting a copy of it. And if let's say Jimmy, you and Kim and Dan all went on your boat and we're all using that multi-day permit, there's only one per boat, but it covers your passengers. You put their names on it. Dan and Kim would want to have a copy of that multi-day permit. Now, let's say... You told the Fish and Wildlife you left today at 11 a.m. If you leave after 11, today doesn't count in your multi-day per permit. Tomorrow would be. But if you told them you left this morning at 11, then you can have limits for today, your lobster limits. If you told them you're going to go leave at 11 today and you're going to be back on Sunday, you can have your limits. You can have three days worth of limits is the maximum. So you can have limits for today, Friday, and Saturday. So you can have 21 lobsters in your freezer 
but you better have that multi-day permit with you and just hang it on the wall or put it on a magnet on your refrigerator or whatever because you want to have it with you. Yeah, they can pull you over on the freeway if you see your fishing rod sticking out the window and just check you. That, and you can argue with me all day long, gang, but if you look at the fine print on the back, it says you've read every single regulation and you know every regulation and you know where the MLPs are drawn and you know how they change the rockfish possession limits every 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes they'll even change it while you're out there doing it. It's pretty amazing how they have that power, but they do have that power. And remember, we go back to what we were talking about before. It has nothing to do with the population of the fish in the ocean. This is all about control and stopping us from fishing. That's why it's super important to be involved with CCA. CCA California is where you need to be involved to make sure that we keep our rights open to go fishing. But gang, that fish and wildlife thing you're talking about, Devin's putting it up there right now. It's super important to understand that when you sign your fishing license, you signed away your rights for uh, your search and seizure rights because probable cause is your fishing license. You can be driving down the road with the fishing rod hanging out of the back that's never even seen the water. That doesn't matter. They can pull you over and take everything out of your car and see what you got, gang. So just understand that. And then here's a perfect one. Tim Ogilvie, we've had this conversation so many times. And I'm gonna it's perfect for the show, though, and I appreciate it. So don't feel don't don't apologize. It, Tim Ogilvie wants to know if it's necessary to have a two-speed reel. I personally have a couple reels that have that two-speed in it. I, I, I hardly ever fish. I don't, I don't fish as much as most of you. I understand that, but I've never needed a two speed reel. Tim, I don't think you need a two speed reel. A lot of people think they need a two speed reel. When we were fighting those big bluefin, catching those, you know, seven, eight, 10 of those big bluefin a day with that hundred, that one thirty, Makaira reel. There, I don't even think there was 10 times in the five years we used the, those two 130s with the two speeds on them that we ever clicked it into, sec, into low gear. I know a lot of guys like to do that at the rail, whether rail rodding them and the fight's going on forever. But if you're on your own private boat, I don't think there's a reason for that, Tim. It's a, it's a huge gimmick, especially on the small smaller reels. I... You ask my opinion. I don't I don't tell you Dave Burris's opinion. I'm not telling you Steve Duncan's opinion. I'm telling you mine from fishing at a pretty high level for 49 years. I don't see the need for it, but if you have to have one, then you have to have one. I don't know what you possibly could want to use it for because I like when I turn the handle for the spool to go around six and a half times or seven times. I grew up with the... Uh, Oh, thank you. Thank you, Pablo. Pablo, I need a little bit of a game plan for this afternoon also. I sent you a text. I personally haven't needed a two-speed reel, and I fish a lot of yellowtail. I fish a lot of smaller-grade tuna, not a lot of that bigger tuna, and I'm not going on sport boats, and I'm not getting drug around the rail and doing the rail rod thing. That rail rod thing looks like it would be cool using the boat as a fulcrum. 
and uh, teeter-tottering on the rail and getting a half a turn at a time, I, then I could understand it. But, Tim, Tim, we're not doing that. I know you. You're not doing that. You're not going out there. Get a couple of Tesoro, or, yeah, the Tesoro series reels from Akuma or a couple of Cortez. Those things are going to work just fine for what you're doing. I, I know a guy asked me at the show, do you want to um, – Two speed for rock cod? No, no. I'm going to slow down my my wind when I'm winding it up with the six and a half to one gear ratio, but I don't want to click it into low gear and get one foot per turn. That's what happens when you go into low gear. It takes all the torque off the handle and allows you to turn the handle freely, like when you're riding your ten speed up a hill back when we were kids. We first saw that and it felt like you weren't even. But remember, you're turning the handle t 10 times to get the same amount of line as you do when it's in regular gear, when it's in low gear. So that's my opinion. That's all I have is my opinion. I don't know what you guys like to do. I don't know how you like to do it. And uh, they didn't ask you. They asked me. Captain Dave, what's your go-to seafood soup on a cold, rainy day? Chipino. I love it. My buddy Kenny Nielsen used to make the most spectacular Chipino. He'd throw in all kinds of octopus, crabs, and shrimp, and lobster, and it was just phenomenal. What? Cubby, I'm calling you when this is over. What are you doing, for God's sake? I thought you guys were coming down here in three days. Now you're in the hospital, for God's sakes. Oh, you're just getting your procedure. Okay, now I see. After the procedure. Oh, I hope that doesn't mean something bad's happening. I'll call you. All right. So that's what I like is Chipino with some, oh, my God, with some fresh sourdough bread. Oh, my, that's Kelly, girl, and I. Oh, you're coming Monday. Yoo-hoo, whoopee. Far out. It's starting to get warm again. Let's go have fun. Let's go kill some stuff. Okay, Dave Burris, you need to come up here. You want rain? How did you know? Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to tell him what time I'm coming in when I have all that stuff on the boat, Dave Burris. Stop it. <laughs> okay, good. All right, Cub, I love you, man. You got me all worried there. Good, you're okay. All right. John Stanley, my daughter and I saw orcas last weekend and it was just luck. What strategy or plan should we use to find or see them again or any whales? Okay, I was lucky enough to run the whale watch boat for, oh my gosh, a very long time, maybe 10 years. And we five trips a day, eight o'clock, 10 o'clock, two o'clock and four o'clock on the weekends. And during the week, we did it at 10, 12 and two. And I'll tell you what, there's no special devices to find whales. If someone tells you they're the, they got a special device, you should run like heck because they're lying. They're probably working on a news channel, doing network news, but there's no special way. The only way you can find them, John Stanley, is to go off, get out there and stare at water. The number one thing I would say is when it's a day like when it's a day like today and it doesn't have any rain, the spouts show perfect in that dark sky background. It was my favorite time 
to whale watch when there it was all stormy on the background of the sky and you could see all the darkness and you could see the spouts show up perfect with that dark sky behind behind it and then when it's flat glassy calm and it's super sunny and there's not a breath of wind it's tough to see um so you're going to be reacting more to a back or a fluke or a dorsal fin, which is pretty much how we've spotted them for years and years and years. Anything that doesn't look like water, what I used to tell all my passengers on the boat when we were leaving the harbor, I go, hey, gang, I do my very best to find the whales for you, but I could use everybody's help. Just stare out there at the water. If you see a back or a spout or a fluke, which is the whale's tail, Feel free to point it out to me or one of my crew members. We'll be more than happy to check it out because we do miss stuff and we miss it all the time. So it's head on a swivel when you're having your conversation, when you're out driving around on your boat, it's head on a swivel, paying attention to what's going on and looking for those spouts, backs and flukes, John Stanley. Hopefully that helps. And we've got our good buddy, the star of your saltwater guy, Justin Botrell. Welcome to the show, buddy. Oh, hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm like, hey, he's not looking. I'm going to put him on. <laughs> there you go. Justin, I'm shocked at how busy you are, but we got a few questions to ask. So just stay there and I'll be with you in a second. Do you ever use mono to fish with soft mouths like white sea bass? No, what I do is I have a my rods are nine foot or 10 foot long with a soft tip. So that's how I got away from that. Back when we used to fish with mono all the time, we would do it and it would not rip the fish's face off. Now using braid and floral carbon, we're going to use a rod with a little bit softer tip so that the rod's very flexible for the first three or four guides. And that softer tip's going to allow it to give a little flex when you go to set the hook so that you don't rip the fish's mouth off or face off. If that makes sense, that's how I go about it. I talk about it all the time on my shows. Dave, what was your worst scorpion? What was your worst sculpting? My buddy, my buddy Max Bosler, Max Jr. worked with me for years, followed me around on all the yachts I ran and worked on the Clemente with me and Mel Bacon. What 1983, we were having a, uh, well, we weren't. I was. I was throwing fish at him. When we catch sheephead, we were using red crabs for bait, and I would keep throwing fish at him. And he told he told me to stop it. And even Mel, he was running the boat. He said, hey, leave Max alone. You got to stop that. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw someone catch a sculpin. Max came over to me. I, I was taking a sheep's head off the line, and he dropped the sculpin down my shirt. And the spines of the sculpin stuck in my spine on my back. And I'm not even making this up. The pain was so mind-boggling that I couldn't feel my legs. It was, that was the worst spine I ever had. And then the worst inflicted spine was Kelly and I were fishing on my buddy, my buddy's boat. And we were fishing that ace wreck out off the San Clemente Pier. And we were catching sculpin full speed and I was going to take them home and make tacos with them. And I got a, a peck fin under my thumbnail on my right thumb. And 
The pain was incredible. Kelly was on the boat. She thought I was going to pass out. The pain was mind-boggling. Those sculpin are nothing to mess around with. Devo, they're a bad, bad fish that cause a lot of problems. But, gang, if you have any questions, feel free to bring it. Send them in. And, Justin, what is going on? <laughs> not much. Just really? Lobster. Not much, huh? Just uh, trying to change the world of lobster fishing, huh? Your phone ever ring this much before in your life? No, it's 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 bonkers. Even so, when you, when I talked to you earlier, I had two days left, you know, for this month, and then right after you started the show, one day booked up. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, what do I do? So you have one day left. Yeah, for the whole month of February, and it's the first. I know. Freaking crazy. That, that is pretty <laughs> well, amazing. Man. So we hey, almost, we almost wrote history yesterday. I'll tell you what, man. Oh, I I can't even explain it. I'm lost of words. That lobster was so freaking big. It took up a 36 inch net. The whole thing just when um, as everyone seen the other night or a few nights ago when I was pulling up all those crabs and it was loaded. That's what it looked like. I thought, oh man, we got a whole bunch of crabs or a whole bunch of lobsters. No. One lobster. One gigantor. I was, oh my God. It but was... you know what that showed everybody? And I and it yeah. I talk about this. I have it on my um website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. I talk about how important it is when you're pulling those nets from the water to the boat, it's got to go straight onto the deck, Tut. Tut was there. He's watching us right now. That was when that net comes up and they're hanging on it, you need to wing that whole net on the boat as fast as you can. No hesitation. Don't even think. You got to stop thinking. Too many times I watch too many people bring it up and they want to look at what's inside the net in the water. That is, I don't understand it. It's so much easier to see everything when it's laying on the deck, gang. Yeah. You guys have watched Justin night after night, which we've never done before. None of we we get to go and have a website like mine and try to explain to everybody what we're seeing all the time. But you guys, how many hitchhikers have you seen this year? I seen three with Justin that I know of, and they were all big. Nothing like the one last night, but when that hitchhiker's hanging on there, gang, you got to wing that thing on the boat, whether there's a hitchhiker or not. From the water to the deck, that should be one smooth move, quick, fast. Never, ever sort them out on the railing. Never sort them out in the corner. Always watered boat. You're, you're straight pulling it, right? Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would rather you fling it and try to hit me on the boat than just looking at it over the rail. I try to tell everyone, stop trying to look at the lobsters over the rail. When you're pulling up, just take a step back. You hear me all the time. Step back, step back. It's for a reason. I don't want you looking to see what's down there. I just want to get it up and over, you know? Right. Wyatt just asked me a question on my phone. What's the weirdest bycatch? We told this story a few months ago on Storytime with Kelly and I. Wyatt, when I was running the HoopNet open party trips in Long Beach back in 2005, 2006, 2007, in 2006, I caught a king-size mattress in my propellers on the boat. Oh, they okay. sucked into both. It sucked off the bottom of the bay in Huntington Harbor, stuck to the bottom of our boat, stuck to both propellers, 
both rudders. We couldn't move. We couldn't go anywhere. It would shut the engines off every time I put it in gear. King size mattress with a pillow top. That's the most craziest catch I've ever had. That's pretty crazy. Yep. And that was on a lobster trip. So that goes in line with what you're talking about. A lot of times, though, when we're pulling those hoop nets, we get, like you watched us, we get the octopus, we get stingrays, we get sculpin, sheephead, bat rays. Just I think the, cool, the coolest thing that we got on the live show this year was that big horn shark. You see how big that thing was? That thing is so spectacular. I did. I, that? Horn sharks and leopard sharks. I just love those things. But man, that was a big, big dandy right there. It was a big one. That was a toad. That was about as big as those little horn sharks get. Yeah. Oh, swell shark. Remember the swell shark too? We caught that swell shark. Oh, we caught two. We caught. Now, now I'm going back thinking. We caught one bigger one and one smaller one, and one of them was really pretty. It was that calico pattern on it. Yeah. That's the unique thing about hoop, and you just don't know what's going to come over the rail. Yeah. Yep. Hey, Brett, I'll tell you a horn shark story. You got bit by a horn shark. I got bit by a horn shark at San Clemente Island back when I was running the seahorse, and it bit down on my thumb. And he wasn't, he was this big. And I was showing the kids on the boat and I put my thumb near his mouth. He bit down on my thumb and he never let go. We had to cut his head off. I had to ride the boat all the way home as the captain with the shark's head hanging off my thumb. We had no way to get it off. It wouldn't come off. We couldn't pry it open with a pair. We had two pairs of pliers, two guys trying to pry. It wouldn't come open. And every time they tried to pull on it, I thought the tip of my thumb was going to come off. Finally, when we got him in to the harbor, we got a, a um, what do you call it? A pry bar out of our car and opened his mouth with the pry bar. That's how strong that bite is. And they got teeth, gang. If you think a horn shark doesn't have teeth, the next time Justin catches one, we'll do a close-up. They got a whole bunch of little needles that all face backwards into his mouth. So when he clomps down, I don't think the way he bit down so hard, Justin, and the way that those teeth are shaped backwards, I think when he bit down, it just locked onto me because of the way they were bent backwards. He couldn't open and I could, but I couldn't carry the shark around. I had a, I know I feel <laughs> bad. I had cut his head off, but as I had to. <laughs> so if anyone wants to go back on the video last night, um, the live video, it's at one hour and one minute. It's right around that time. And you can see, you get a glimpse of him. All you see is the side of him, but you can see the size of it um, just by seeing one side of the lobster take off. It's pretty freaking amazing. This was crazy. We're breaking records this year. <laughs> yeah, Devo, I remember the steel cable. That was from my good buddy, Roger Healy. Fishes right in front of Dana Point with some of his stuff. He told me to quit running it over, and I just ran it over anyway. And then I got steel cable in the propeller in the shaft on the seahorse, and I was stopped dead in my tracks. Yeah, I re- I'll never forget that day. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm not sure how big it was, but uh, all I can say is it was a 36-inch net. It wouldn't fit inside the net. It was hovered over the net, like covering it. And it covered almost the whole circumference of the net, just sitting there. And as soon as we pulled it up, 
everyone went into shock, looked at it, was like, what the heck? The net went sideways and the lobster went, do, 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 do. It didn't even go fast. It was like, do, 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 see ya. So Justin, Larry Hansen's asking if we've ever tried those spider crabs. They call them sheep crab. Here's the problem, Larry. They are covered in that mud. So that mud, when it dries out or if you, let's just say you took that crab home and you cooked it, that stench of that mud, you'll never get it out of your house ever again. You'll never get it out of your house. And if you look at their legs, they're tiny. I mean, it's a big animal. The legs are very, very small. And when you do cook it and break it open, there's hardly any meat inside. Somebody last night said, Martin Jordan said, oh, they're very sweet. They are not sweet enough to stink up my house or my boat. Those things are nasty. They're better to keep them in the bay so that they can keep the harbor cleaned. Yeah. They don't even look good. I mean, I like to look at what I'm going to eat, and if it looks good, I'll eat it. That doesn't even look appetizing whatsoever. Now, I, think I tried it a long time ago, and the only meat was over the, the cap. You had to boil it and pull the cap off in which it does stink up your entire house. So pull the cap off, and then you got to fight all the uh, the lungs or whatever it is inside of there, too. And then you get a teaspoon of meat to try. Right. And it's a big hassle, and everything stinks like crazy. Yeah. Yep. And then I seen, when I was driving home right now, um, watching the show or listening to the show, can't watch, I was driving. So uh, I was... Uh, Listening about someone asked, I think Tim or someone about the two-speed reel. Yeah, I have a two-speed reel, and I've never used two-speed. I've never, never clicked it in a two-speed. But I have a um, someone that has a disability um, that they can't put too much pressure on their arms to actually crank that um, weight. So we this year, I'm going to try putting it in two-speed and having that person reel it in on two speed because in two speed it's only doing like two turns on the um, spool itself so it's going to take forever to reel it in but at the same time at least that person will be able to reel it in so right yeah i've never used it yeah i don't i don't know anything about it as far somebody just sent me a message about a spring line if you're going to want to tie your spring line as tight as you can, we're in Southern California where the docks are floating. They're not, they're not on piers. That's why my videos get so many hate messages from people saying, Oh, you can't tie it up tight like that. You absolutely can in Southern California because we're on floating docks. The dock goes up and down with the boat and the, the tide. So you want to tie up those spring lines as tight as you can. You're going to want to use Samson braid, though. Never use nylon rope. Nylon rope's like a slip and slide. You're never going to get a good, it's never going to um, cinch down. It's never going to get tight. It's always going to be slipping and sliding. But if you use some uh, Samson braid, it'll work just fine. So that hopefully that helps you and answers your question. <clears throat> Yeah, Dave Burris, you have to because of your arm. That's why you would use a two-speed. But back in the day, you never would. You want that power handle. You want to be – when you turn that handle, you want to gain six six feet of line every time. You don't want to gain a foot of line every time. There is a time for it. You're rail rodding. You're on the rail. You're rail rodding. You're using the boat as a four, 
fulcrum, that's going to be phenomenal. But when you're holding the rod, there's never, I don't know, I want to turn the handle and get it over with as fast as I can. Right? So I'm um <clears throat> where I was just now is I was at the um, Michaels and um, getting paint. I'm making a tuna um, plaque thing for Anthony. And um, that tuna right there was just that 300 pounds. And it took him not in two speed, reeling it in in just under 12 minutes. All he did is put it in a rail. For those of you that have boats, you can't do this on a sport boat. Put it in the rail, put the, the boat in gear, don't throttle, and reel it in. All you're doing is you're turning the head of that fish to you, and you're pulling him through the water column. That's all you're doing. He's going to come straight up to the boat. And if you all seen that video um, on your saltwater guide, you'll see that the tuna just gave up. And it was 11, just under 12 minutes. It gave up. It was like, okay, you got me. And it just came up dead pretty much in under 12 minutes. It was pretty spectacular. And no two-speed. We didn't two-speed at all. Just pull, yeah. put it into strike. We actually put it just over strike and pumped that baby in. We were at about 35 pounds of uh, pressure on it. Yeah. <laughs> we get them in right away. Brett, I just read your message. If we had f video cameras back when that happened, I guarantee I'd be in prison right now. So thank God that we didn't have any video cameras back in those days. <laughs> I'm just being honest. That's all I got is my honesty. And yeah, I'm very, very grateful. There were no cameras back in those days. You had a camera that was an Instamatic and you went and got your film developed at the photo mat, kids. You don't even know what the heck we're talking about. A lot of guys had instant, instant cameras in their tackle boxes and they got lots of great pictures of them. You remember those ones? I forgot what it was called, but you took it and the, the thing, the picture would come out the, the front of it. Yeah, Polaroid One Step. Yes, those were so cool back then. I remember oh, those. They they just, like they're like this big, you know. And they my my um grand or my grandson or somebody got one for Christmas. They they're making them again, Justin. I don't know what company's making them, but Polaroid. Remember, you had to get the Polaroid camera, and the 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 film was like like a cartridge, and it was like. Yeah. $300 for five pictures or something. It was crazy, but it was wild. You take the picture gang and you would watch it develop right in front of you. It was, <laughs> you shake it and it develops faster. Yeah. Well, you thought it did. Cause you would just swing it in the wind as it would dry out. It's funny, you know, so when my mom passed away, she had all these tapes from when we were kids and everything and everything was on those VHF tapes. It was pretty cool. It's hard to hard to view them now. I wanted to transfer them to a DVD. What is it? Did you see David Nightingale's comment? Yeah, that's right, Jeanette. You shook it and you blew on it, so it would dry out. <laughs> Did you see what he said? What is he saying? Yeah, I see what he said. He he, he basically liked it. Watched. Uh, he said he felt like he was watching an episode of Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's so much everyone has so much fun so tut tut's booked me out um uh, quite a few more times so a lot of passengers that come on my boat they have so much fun it's more than what you're just watching live because all you're watching is when we're getting to the point right right when we're pulling and that's all you're watching 
but you're not watching all the before and all the after and everything else. And uh, it's so much fun that literally almost everyone that's come with me is booking two, three, four more trips. And Tut's just a great human being. He's just a wonderful man to have on the boat. He's very knowledgeable, and he has his own boat, gang. That's the really cool thing about what we do and what Justin does. You don't have to drag all your stuff up and down the dock and on your boat and then go worry about getting bait, then get in at night and get the lobsters clean, your boat clean, and then go to work. You can go out and tell you're watching right now. I see you on there. You can let people know. It's pretty spectacular. You step on the boat. Justin takes you to where they are. You catch your lobsters and you go home. And in the middle, you just have as much fun as you can possibly have. And those of you that watched on Justin saying you didn't get to see the in-betweens with most people, but on the night that me and Amir were there, you got to see a lot of fun stuff. <laughs> that was... how, long, how long does it take me to prepare everything? So I, I live in Riverside. Um, my boat is over in Long Beach, San Pedro. And it takes me about a, just over an hour to get there. I'll leave my house around 9.30 in the morning, and I'll be at the boat starting to prep everything at 11. And then normally we leave in between 3 and 4 o'clock. So that's how long. I like to get everything already prepared. I'll have an estimate of what depth we're going to go that day. So I'll put all my ropes to that depth. And obviously, you've seen it on the live show. It changes. Sometimes I'll go deeper. Sometimes I'll go shallower. If I start out deeper, then I want to go shallow. You're going to see my slack rope. But we know how to uh, work around that, as you've seen. And uh, no, we're not getting prop fouled. I love the comments though, saying, oh, you're going to get prop fouled. Cool. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not going to get prop fouled. And D Dave's the one that taught me. As you've seen the other night with Dave and Amir, not one time. Dave was trying to make, make me get prop fouled. <laughs> he was trying a few times. <laughs> Because Amir said he would go in the water. So I wanted to, I wanted to see him going in the water. I thought that would have been some phenomenal content. Gang, when you're watching these shows, when you're watching what Justin's doing, listen, I already did everything possible wrong. I started out doing this. There was no nobody to show us how to do it. There was no one that was doing it at the level. You go out on your skiff and you go throw some hoop nets in the water. It's a totally different thing than doing it with passengers on the boat for hire and the whole system and everything going on and on a yacht. On a sport boat, I understand they got a couple deckhands. They drive forward on them because they can't back up on them because it's just too gnarly and it's too hard to see and all that stuff. But on these yachts that we're running, it's all about backing up on your skiff. It's about backing up. Whatever you're on, the boat goes the best backwards because that's where the power power unit is. That's where the propellers are. So you can maneuver and drive backwards. I did it on an 80-foot Viking. I did it on a 65-foot Viking. I did it on a 65-foot Hatteras. I've done it on a 60-foot Viking, and I've done it on a 44-foot Pacifica. And believe me, and then I did it on a 46-foot Bertram is how we first started. I did everything you could possibly do wrong. I've put hoop nets in my propellers. I've put miles of rope in my propellers. I've done everything you could possibly do wrong. So when we're on a trip and Justin's showing you what he's doing, that's because that is the way. They're, we're not going to get the... We have total control when we're back there. We can see the slack line. We know if we're supposed to move, if we're not supposed to move. You think Justin's paying attention to 
them pulling the hoop. No, he's paying attention to where his boat's positioned at. He's paying attention to which way his his steering wheel is pointed. He's or excuse me, rudders are pointed. He's paying attention to if he can put the port one in forward or the starboard one because it's going to matter if it's going to suck the rope in. All this stuff's being calculated in his brain every night. You guys see the hoop net come over the rail with no lobsters in it, and then you start telling him, well, you should drive up forward on it. You should pull over there. You should use a hoop. You should do this. You should do that. Gang, there is not one human being on the planet Earth that's catching more lobsters right now than Justin Botrell. So whatever you think is the thing that the think is the thing, you know what you want to do? You want to do it how Justin's doing it. Every single charter boat, every single captain, every single private boater wants to know what Justin's doing. Gang, that's why he's booked up for the whole month of February. <clears throat> Literally, there there's uh, charter boats right now that are asking around to find out what I'm doing and where I'm going. And all they have to do is ask me. That's it. How about you just ask the source, right? That's all they have to do. So I'm sure they're going to watch this. So there you go. Just ask me. Ask me. So I, yeah. I'm going to op open up two days for two more days for February. But that's going to be. Those are your sleep days. What are you I talking know. about? Sleep, I know. So if anyone wants to uh, come out with me, I have February. Uh. February 21st. It's on a Wednesday. And do you see what Anthony just wrote? That's so true, gang. You have no idea. When he's all done, too, at the end of the night and he's dead, dead tired, then he has to turn around and drive all the way back home. Hey, there's our good buddy, Elliot. Hi, Elliot. Hey, Elliot. How are you? He's going to throw up some stuff on here, gang. You want to make sure that you're paying attention to your saltwater guide. You want, If you're tired of sucking at fishing, you want to be a part of this thing. You want to be a part of your saltwater guide. I was talking to a couple of gentlemen over at the uh, Bard Hall show, and uh, one of them was a sport boat captain, and he was younger than my youngest son, and he was telling me that the biggest problem the industry has with me is they feel that I'm selling spots and I had to stop him for a minute and I had to say in 1989 Don Brockman myself and Joe Bongos got together with a guy named Danny Jackson and we shot all these spots in 1989 I looked at him and I said how old are you in 89 he said I it was seven more years till I was born. I'm all exactly gang. We're not selling spots. You can go down to Walmart or target or, or West Marine and get all the spots. Mark wish. And I made these spots. I made the videos and Mark wrote the book back when most of you weren't even born yet. These spots, a lot of people have them in their GPS. There's a mirror with Sonny and the gang at Amir's comedy show. Amir is so cool. He's going to become a guest celebrity on the show. He's going to try to be on once or twice a month from now on. He just absolutely loves us. But Casey Shed's our guest tomorrow. We're going to get to hear some phenomenal stories about his grandfather and his father. His father started AFCO. His grandfather is the creator of SeaWorld. Not, oh, he bought SeaWorld from someone else. Nope. His grandfather created SeaWorld. And you can see an interview with his father over at your saltwater guide where you can find out everything about SeaWorld and what really 
is going on. Yeah, show us that. That'd be awesome. I would love to see that. Well, also, um, maybe I'll talk to Amir. Amir is addicted to your saltwater guide now, everyone, just to let you know. <laughs> he is addicted. We we hooked him. He's good. He's like yeah. he's an amazing human being, though. Oh my goodness. Maybe I'll talk to him and maybe he can do a guest celebrity appearance on some of the uh open parties. That would be awesome. Our community gang is second to none. There's nothing like our community out there. If you're tired of seeing all the negative stuff on those other websites out there, if you're sick and tired of not being able to read the when your children are in the same room, because some of these websites just have so much val, vile content on them, believe me, you come to my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com, or watch any of our videos, you'll never, ever, ever have to cover your children's ears. You won't. I did that for fun. On I said the S-H-I-T word at my seminar on Sunday afternoon because I had literally 50 pounds of stuff that I still hadn't given away and I wanted all the children to get it in the audience. That's the only hello, hello, why hello, everyone. <laughs> so I think Elliot's got a preview to show everybody here. Maybe. That was the other night on the live show. That was pretty fun. I'm. And just to let everyone know, yes, Dave drank a coffee. <laughs> yes, I did. A big coffee, yeah, baby. Yeah. Woo! You're salt water guy. Thank you now, but check out my. All right. What was the first name again? Oh, got it. Crazy. All right, let's go kill some shit. <laughs> gosh gang if you can't feel that energy that was some spectacular energy there on the boat if you saw what we were doing too when we bring those hoops over the side there we're not hanging them over looking at them those things go straight on the boat turned upside down shake the living bejesus out of it lobsters all fall on the deck then you're ready to throw the net over right away too many times i watch all of you bring those nets up on justin's boat and you stand there and you look and then you try to grab them out of the net with your hands Turn the net upside down and shake the living bejesus out of it, gang. It works flawless. I've been doing it for a very, very long time. It works every single time. But you would have not believed the amount of laughter. I think I laughed from when I was on the show at 3 o'clock 
<laughs> in the convention center until I got to my hotel room at 1.30 in the morning. It was just an incredible it so evening. Fun. It was so freaking fun. So, I had so much fun. I have uh, only two spots open now for the 21st. Wow, that quick. That's yeah. crazy. So if you want to get on it, just uh, call or text me at 951-703-9442. But back to what we were talking about, community and friendship and camaraderie, gang. That's what you get over at the website. I don't, I don't even think you can put a price tag on that. If you're in deficient, the reason why we charge to be on the website is to because of the value of the website, but the camaraderie and the community and the same people. That's just one of the videos on the website gang. You go to our website and check out everything that's going on over there. I, I am so proud of the community that we built. The lack of negativity is the key to our website, is the key to our whole thing. That is so freaking cool. That is That's what John Stanley and Tina got to see the other day when they were oh, out there. Oh, shit. Dude. That's not us talking like that. I know. Last night on the show when we pulled up that big lobster, you may have heard some bad language. Sorry. I kind of lost. I lost control of myself. Look at that. There was some fun to be had on Justin's boat gang. If you haven't been a part of, I guarantee you he's not going to have any dates available. We're going to be super busy at the, I'm already at, the at the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show. We're going to be very, very busy. and We're all going to go hoop netting the first night we get in town after we set up the booth, we're all going hooping that night. You'll be able to watch that. But if you're thinking about going, I, you're probably not going to get to go because you're thinking about going. So you don't want to think you want to act. You want to call Justin. You want to get on his list because he's got one day, two. He's got two spots left in the whole month. He's got no spots left. All right. Well, it was fun talking to you. All right. And if you don't think that we're real gang, we go live every night on these shows. So if you don't think this is real, it's about as real as it gets. There's no editing. It's real. But you want to come and see myself, Kelly girl, Justin, Amanda, Pokemon. You can come see Pokemon. He's going to be there. Probably have some bowls of pokey for me. But uh, Anthony will be there. Justin will be there. Pablo will be there. We'll all be there. Big entourage in the booth. Elliot and uh, Erica will be there. She'll be showing off all the cool clothes she designed for the website. Elliot will be there running, producing, and talking to everybody and shaking hands and letting you all know thank you very much for being a part of this. Elliot is the reason why we are as huge as we are, gang. Because when I met Elliot three and a half years ago, I had 2,500 followers. Now we have 680,000 followers. Justin's building up a humongous following himself over on his Instagram page. So you want to follow Justin, you want to go watch that video or grab that video we just posted. It's available for you at Promar. You can check it out on there. Promar Ahi's 
social media platform. I think that video is incredible. That's going to stay with us for a long time, Justin. I've watched it like 400 times already. It's so exciting and seeing all the fun and all. I mean, Amir's a, Amir's a pretty big deal. He travels all over the world doing comedy. He hangs out with his good friend, Theo Vaughn. They're, they're going on a big whirlwind tour to Australia, and he's hanging out with me and you. It's pretty rad. You never even know that he was a celebrity. He just acts like your friend. He's there, and he's such a great personality. I don't know. Everyone needs to meet him because he is so freaking cool. Absolutely. The guy's insane, too. He's just crazy like me. We got along just perfect. Yeah, Anthony's coffee is crazy. <laughs> it's really... The Pokeco coffee is pretty strong. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And then, there's real quick, before we jump off here, because we've already gone over an hour, and I got a mechanic waiting for me outside. Justin, what's going on at Anthony's store? Something about a free can, if you mention your saltwater guide? Yeah, so on Saturday, um, I'll be down there as well. It's a grand opening for the Pokey Co. Um, and Elisa Viejo. I don't know the address. Anthony, maybe I'd have posted up here or something. But if you walk in there and say your saltwater guide, um, you just mentioned your saltwater guide, you're going to get a free can of that coffee. Well, there you go. You can't beat that. And then, gang, remember, we talked about this at the show. We talk about it all the time. It's the reason why Marley's room smells so good. Grab that QR code right now, gang, and go get yourself something fishy. Something fishy is an incredible product. And you can eat it because it, that's how it's been designed. It's non-toxic. That's why it's safe for me to spray it in Marley's cage. He's got two flavors or two scents, if you will, a and it's absolutely an incredible product. We used it on your boat. We use it up here at my house. We use it all the time. You're going to save on the product right there with the QR code. Go to somethingfishy.com if you can't see the QR code and enter the code YSWG and you're going to save 10% on the bottle and you're going to get it delivered to your house. Get some something fishy, gang. You won't go wrong. You're not going to be just, you're not going to go, God, I wish I didn't buy that. I love stinking. It does work really well. I used some yesterday on the boat right before I left it. <laughs> nice. Justin, thanks for being on the show. I can't believe we're already done. I had to go be the best Captain Dave I can be. Got to go fix my truck. Go play with my wife. You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you all very, very much. Casey Shedd is our guest tomorrow, gang. It's going to be a big show. You're going to want to hear what Casey has to say. They're, the family's very, very, very big into cca and conservation and worldwide cleanup of the oceans you want to see what's going on you want to talk to casey he's going to be with us tomorrow justin thanks for joining us everybody watching thank you very much really quick um i may be on the water on saturday it's going to be crazy out but um i may be taking the family all right we're going to try to get that big lobster so do we have to have someone standing by to save you yes so stand by to save me, please. Yes, we That's will all Wyatt, we will all be at the PCS show. The whole entourage will be there. We'll all be there. We'll have a big booth. Your saltwater guy will have a big booth there, and we'll all be there, Wyatt, checking you out. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Justin. And uh, don't forget the show tomorrow. Bye.